Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Michael and Nate once again talking about the things we do in church for season five. Today we're talking about the reason we sing. If you've ever wondered why there's so much singing in church, this episode is for you. So why don't you just sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well, Nate. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, except for I'm mad at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, That's a good intro, right? That's a good intro. Um, yeah, you, do I get to know why you're mad at me, or is that, that is a secret? Well, it's kind of secondarily you. I'm not really mad, but I found <laughs> out this morning that my worship leader um, is not going to be here on Easter. Oh. And my other worship leader, who happens to be your son-in-law, is going to San Marcos for Easter. So I'm just blaming you for all of it. <laughs> so <laughs> did did you know that that your secondary worship leader was? No, I, I just had asked them today. We were starting to talk about songs and stuff. And I, I kind of had since maybe, I don't know why in my mind, I was like, I probably should ask if they're going to be here actually. Cause Brent and her usually do it when uh, Tyler's not here and Tyler hadn't been here for a while, you know, he just came back this year. So, um, but then I just wanted to be mad at you because they're going to see you for Easter. Yeah. I'm really not mad at anyone, but <laughs> just, you know, the situation yeah. oh, is, I, is I that we're, we're a little down on Easter and then I felt really a sense of conviction pretty quickly because I was like, I know Michael's, you know, he's, he went through some of the pandemic without a worship leader yeah. and I need to not be such a jerk, but, <laughs> but well, being a jerk is kind of fun sometimes. It, yeah. It's probably one thing that the Lord's still working on me about. And if you don't believe that, you can just ask Paula. She's like, why do you like to pester me so much? Like, why? After all these years, have you not learned that sometimes nothing good comes from it? <laughs> nothing good comes from it. Um, well, it's one of the things about my personality that I think is fun, but I think other people might get a little weary of over time. Well, fair enough. The um, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I have no commentary on that. Um, but then again, I don't live with you, so. I could have a p- whole podcast just on that element of my personality. And but I, I will call say- on as a special guest. <laughs> she would be happy to talk about it. I'm sure the, uh, um, I also have been in some uh, interesting meetings over the years where we were planning camps or events or things of that nature for youth ministry. And, uh, and I've seen some <laughs> other people who might want to join in <laughs> as, as a uh, guests you know yeah you went there huh yeah yeah <laughs> just i would i would love to, to i have it. a tendency to take a joke too far and hurt people's feelings <laughs> in the process and um, michael's referring to a meeting where 
one of our friends and I do still consider him a friend. Well, sure. He just had just had enough of me and, (laughs) and let everybody know it in the meeting. Oh yeah. And I probably needed it to be honest, but at the moment it was the most awkward, like two minutes of a meeting. It was, it was, it it was. Because Grant McCloskey, I'll just say his name. Just say his name, Grant. I love Grant. (laughs) Grant was done with my taking a joke too far. And he just said, I'm tired of it. And not so many words. Yeah, it was. It was was hilarious. You know, years, years later, um, my, uh, well, not too many years later, but a couple of years later, my, well, I guess it was, it was Maggie has, was a teenager for the first time attending NYC, which is a large uh, Nazarene youth conference. <clears throat> and, uh, and there was this boy that was showing Maggie a lot of attention yeah. and, uh, and Grant was there and he saw uh, that Maggie was getting a lot of attention from this kid. And he, and he said, he looked over at me. How do we feel about this? I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm generally dead. speaking, we don't like it, but you know, we'll, <laughs> we're right. trying to figure out how to be a good dad in the midst of it. <laughs> That's what we're trying. And, um, and he was joining me, you know, he was like on team Maggie. And so of course, had, I think it might've been Jake Isbell was working with him. Um, and Jake's now a church planter in Gerald, Texas, but um, he planted a wayfinders church. And yeah. uh, so I, th- I think it was Jake that when that boy walked down the hall, cause we had the same block of rooms uh, as them. And this boy walked down the hall and Jake grabbed him and drug him into there. He like popped out of their, of their hotel room. And grabbed I don't know if Jake was a big guy back then, but he's a big guy. He's now. a big guy. He's a big guy. And he drug him inside the, uh, uh, the hotel room and started interrogating him. You've been talking to Maggie pig. <laughs> <laughs> And and Grant was the one like facilitating the whole thing, right. and they did yeah. like interrogation. That's hilarious. They said, "Stop talking to Maggie," and they threw him back out in the hall. You know, That's and uh, <laughs> it That's was a uh, he remembered. You know, I don't I don't even remember that that young man's name. And even if I did, I'd pretend right now that I didn't. Yeah. Um, well, it was funny because Grant and April were some of our really good friends on the district. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I do have a tendency to take a joke too far, and my daughter in law Kobe. We'll say that I might have passed that down to my junior, her husband. Oh, junior. <laughs> to take to take a joke too far. Well, yeah, uh, I used to have this saying that I don't say anymore because I, I realize how inappropriate and wrong it is as a husband to say this. But I used to say, well, Paul is going to always be there, but the joke's not always going to be there. Like there's <laughs> that one moment where the oh. joke is presented oh, itself. Oh, God. And that's taking your wife for granted, I realized. Yeah. So I don't say that anymore, although I just said it on air. This is another thing I like to do. We do. It's confession time. Are we talking confession. about confession in this thing? Is it? No. Um, <laughs> confession I, happens. I like to say, you know, I'm not going to say this thing, but then I bring it up. So it, it's brought up even as I'm not saying it. Right. Certainly. So I did it. I said it. Oh, yeah. Even though even though I act like I'm not saying <clears throat> Well, well, I don't know if you can tell really me my story you. was too taking it too far, but but Grant likes to take a joke a long way too. Um, oh yeah, you know, it's a kidnapping we, a kid in the hallway and and interrogating him. To we've we've made it up with. since then. We've, <laughs> oh, we've seen them. I, yeah, well, we you made up. as as I recall, you made up in the meeting. It happened right there. Like it was. It, there, it I honestly don't remember. It's been so many years ago. Wasn't but we bad. We did have blood. April come speak for our ladies here. 
and she did a great job um, since I've been here. So don't get to see Grant as much anymore, but love that guy. Yeah. Funny stories, but I'm really not mad at you. I just am, um, you know, as a pastor, Easter's kind of like a game time, and that's a terrible way to think about it. So maybe we can get into that today. <laughs> well, I think I think maybe we get that into would, that. That would be fun. Um, but I know that but, earlier you, know you were telling me uh, that, uh, like, I got a text message from you earlier that just said, "Hey, I'm chasing down palm branches." Palm branches this week, yeah, yeah, because and I, I got them ordered. So I almost a, forgotten. That's an interesting thing that happens at church. That doesn't. Yeah. There are very few places where uh, palm branches are spread out on the floor and processionals. Uh, yeah. there, there are places where processionals happen. Usually, they're somewhat connected to church, but not always. Uh, but there are very few where we go get palm branches and you know bring them up to the horns of the altar. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is every year I call the same flowers, florist, whatever I said, florist, um, <laughs> right. Not too far from my church. And every year they're like, yeah, let me see if I can track some down. Like it's not, it's not a common thing. You know, it's not a lot of, a lot of times that people are calling and saying, Hey, can I get some palm fronds for, for this arrangement? They do put them in some arrangements. I've seen them, sure, but, they do. but it's pretty funny that when they start ordering them in bulk, but yeah, no, I was just, it was just the situation. Like I have learned more and more, like I used to lead worship for a while here at community. And I think today we're going to talk about singing. So good segue, but, but now I'm like the third string worship person. And I have learned over time that I'm just getting worse because I don't practice. I only play when I'm called upon. when I was doing it, like every week, uh, you know, I at least had that practice every week. Yep. I tried to play the drums last week and uh, I, because our drummer was out and uh, I, I played drums before I played guitar. I, there was a song that had a weird rhythm and I listened back to the recording and I was like, Oh, why is this on the internet? Like, <laughs> like there is a beat there somewhere, but I don't know where it is all during the song apparently. So it was so bad. I, I've been playing the cajon lately because oh, we man. don't have anybody to play the cajon. And I've been, it's just terrible. It's awful. Like sometimes yeah. I'm thinking, why, why am I doing this? And how do I not remember how to hit a box? Like what is I almost that? told Tyler, like, never ask me to play drums again. Never <laughs> ask me like every time I want to, cause it was my first instrument, but that song for whatever reason, I thought I finally got it after practice when he and I worked on it together for a little bit, but then we went to the real thing. And when people are in the audience, you know, your nerves get to you a little bit more and it just, it was not pretty. Do not go back. If you're listening to this podcast, do not watch the community live stream for last week. I will, I would be, I would be forever in your debt. If you don't listen to the, especially the response time, you can well, listen to the upfront time. The I apologize. Time, it was I the, I gave him a timestamp. Desire and showing mercy. You know that one. The yeah, mercy try, but the the way the uh, delight in showing mercy. I said you desire in showing mercy, uh, but the way that the the rhythm went, it's like whatever Tyler was playing and what I was playing, I was completely lost. So, and Tyler was, I mean, I'm going to give him the credit for being the one in the right because he's much more in practice than I am. So. Uh, I'm not questioning his rhythm on that, but it was, it was bad. So, 
But today I thought we would talk about singing. I, I have an interesting story about singing, and then we can get into it. You know, but, I, well, some, sometimes, sometimes I actually, you know, I'm a part of a group called the Lions Club. I don't know uh -huh. if you know what the Lions Club is, but I do. We have one. It's in town and it's very active. My dad was a, a lion. And uh, I, I mean, he's a, he attended the Lions. Star Simba. Yeah, I yeah, know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's Mufasa? But when you're talking to other lions, it's, it doesn't make it makes sense to say my dad yeah. was also a lion. But then when you're just talking to people outside the club, it's like, mm, OK, you know, because rotarian, it doesn't have a you know, it's not something else in nature. Yeah. Um, you know. It's uh, but anyway, it's very much like, you know, Rotary or Kiwanis or something like that. And uh, but I attend Lions Club meetings from time to time and do service projects with them and whatnot. And uh, but, you know, there's a we sing there, too. Do you? Yeah, there's a, there's yeah. always somebody says, hey, so and so is going to lead us in a couple of songs and and they lead us in, you know. Uh, older songs, they're not hymns or anything like that. They're just trying to figure out what kind of songs you sing in the Lions Club. Well, sometimes we sing "Oh Susanna" and really, uh, yeah, oh, something, something like That's that. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a lion too because I went to Castleberry High School, home of the oh. Fighting Lions. But okay. that's a different line. And I think I was, I at least got like some award from the Lions Club or, or uh -huh. something at some point. I don't think I was actually super involved. Get a, um, a scholarship. Maybe it was a scholarship kind of deal. But um, no, thinking of singing, we had a couple that came to our church. And uh, he grew up Catholic, and she grew up in a more Protestant tradition. So they came to our church, and I think we have some elements that that kind of fit both of those traditions. Uh, we have a little bit of liturgy in our church, not a lot, not it's not wrote every week, but you kind of know where the service is going. I mean, if you've been there a while, you kind of know what we're doing. And then we do some readings, and we also receive communion every week, which is, I know that Catholic you say church. together we come to worship. Yeah. Pretty much every week. every week. I may change that one up during the Easter season, but yeah, we read that almost every week. So, so I think for him, that's good. But the one comment he made to Nathan when they went out to eat the next week to kind of just talk about their experience at church was, man, you guys sing a lot <laughs> because like in more liturgical churches, the songs are more, they're almost like written chants and they're very short and they just kind of move you from one part of the service to the next. Right. Whereas in a Protestant church, we sing and we don't, I didn't think we sang that much. I've been at churches where they sing six, seven songs. We at this time were singing about four songs, three up front and one as a response. Uh, during Lent, we're singing five songs because we have two as a response because we're making this piece of artwork where they can write their confessions and paint over them. And uh, it's going to say you are loved and in Easter, it's going to get a lot of color and all that, but um, starting out all black and gray. So, so we're singing five songs. So that's even more than we normally do, but let's talk about why we sing in church. Cause we're talking this season about why we do some of the things we do. What, why is singing such a big part of a church service, especially, you know, I would say in the Protestant church, we sing quite a bit. And why is it such a big thing? What are some things that maybe some things that maybe even we could look at doing differently in our singing or some things that are good? Um, 
Why do you think we sing so much in church? Well, I was thinking about this this morning because we have um, we have a, a bird's nest on one of the pillars on our front porch. Um, I don't like it. I don't like the birds. Um, That's exactly where I thought you were going to go when I asked you that question. Bird's nest on a pillar. That's why we sing it. <laughs> now, go ahead. <laughs> it's like, where is he going? Where is he going with this? <laughs> That's what I love about you, Mike. You'll pull it around. It'll come here in a little bit. Well, I was just thinking about it and, uh, and cause they were just chirping and they were just, you know, they're just doing whatever, making all their noises and, um, and they poop all over that pillar and consequently they, do. The, they definitely do the seating th- that we have on the front porch, which is a rocking chair. Um, they, they poop on it too sometimes. And so, um, I was just kind of thinking about it, but then I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to appreciate this. I'm going to appreciate the birds and how beautiful they are. And the fact that they're building their little nest for their family uh, that they're making and uh, eggs and they're going to hatch. And, and then I start, I was out there and I started looking around and I, I realized, Oh, look, my, my tree that I planted has um, all kinds of little buds and things on it. And, uh, and there was, I just started looking around at all of the new life that was happening. And I, I went to the backyard and I saw what uh, th- was dead sticks. Okay. So I, my, I, my mom gave me a crepe myrtle in right. a pot and I was letting it, you know, live in this climate and see how, how it was going to do in my backyard, uh, where to place it exactly before I planted it. And, um, and last summer was really hot and really dry. And so I thought maybe I had killed it because it was just sticks. Right. And, uh, and so I went out close to it and I thought, I see buds. And all along those dead sticks were just these beautiful little buds that were coming out. And that thing's coming back better than it went away. Right. Like it's just. And so I'm looking forward to it. And so I was just thinking about it. And the whole time the birds are singing and making their noise. And I just thought, uh, I don't know, I had one of those moments in, in nature where you go, what is the proper response to the beauty of this moment? And sometimes I catch myself, even if I'm not singing, I'm humming or I'm whistling. I whistle a lot. Apparently I whistle a lot when I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. And people have noted that lately. They're like, do you whistle all the time? And I <laughs> didn't know I was whistling now, but apparently I yeah. do. So that's funny. Music, music is something that's a part of uh, life, right? It happens. The, I mean, it's a crazy thing that birds have songs. Yeah. Right? My mom used to say to me, I can tell when you're in a good mood because you're singing or whistling or humming yeah. or something. Yeah. It seems yeah. attached to that, to peace, to being at peace, to have being filled with joy, to being overflowing with some sort of sentiment that we want to express. And so I think that in part is why we, sing at church yeah yeah well i also you know there's a tradition of it as part of it i mean long before christianity was a thing we have this whole book of psalms <laughs> yeah we have this whole book of, of right words put to some kind of tune or some right there's even there's meter. even one of those psalms we call it a lament psalm but it says how could we sing sing the lord's song in a foreign land right like yeah. I, that was yeah. That was uh, Schwartz's interpretation of it that from the musical Godspell, but but that's <laughs> that's a psalm that's saying while we're in captivity, 
how right. could we how can we sing the lord's songs when we when we're not free right yeah, and right. we hung up our lives we hung up our harps on the willows there it, it, there's even some lament at not being able to sing when it's right. not an appropriate time or being forced to sing you remember that right. scene in uh, lord of the rings where uh where one of the the hobbits was forced uh pip I oh think it is. yeah He's forced yeah. to sing by the steward of Gondor. Yeah. Uh, and he's singing this sad lament song, like yeah. a bar song. And as he is, so... like, the sun is dra- going out to his ultimate demise. I mean, just, yeah, yeah it's crazy. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely a, a thing that I, I think we sing as a response to life. I think you look at culture even, and, um, you know, there's reason why we write so many love songs. There's there's a reason why we we write angry songs. <laughs> There's a reason why we write yes. all kinds of things. There really and is. Some people have been gifted, right? So oh, yeah. to say words in a way that the rest of us would mm-hmm. like to say them, but we can't. And mm-hmm. so I think that's another part of it is that there's there's those who kind of have this gift of of putting into words the feelings of an entire generation, maybe, or you know, yeah. um, and so those people help us find a voice sometimes when we, we, we know what we, we feel, but we don't really know how to say it. Um, and so I think we sing those words because we, we resonate with them. Yeah. Uh, that's why you can introduce some songs to a congregation and they hit the floor flat because they don't resonate with your congregation. Maybe right. a different congregation would love that song. Right. And then, or maybe they're not easy to sing or they're not written well. And then you put other songs in front of people and, and it's like all of a sudden the, the room gets louder and everyone. Absolutely. Sings. It's not just a thing we do at church, right? Like it, this right. is, we're talking about things we do at church, but this is a very human thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Eddie Vedder wrote a song uh, called the man of the hour uh, that, that is part of the, the musical score of the movie, big fish. And it's about right. his, it's about his dad, his own dad's funeral, right. Or mm. in, in his own dad's passing, but that they use it to uh, sing over the end when, the the guy dies when the father dies and i hope i'm not spoiling big fish it's an old movie so oh no he's gonna die at the end i'm sorry he's he's a, he's a old because, man he's gonna die at the end because but, you told me to so yeah you didn't but, spoil it for me like but knowing that story right like no how important is it to for you to know the story of a song we lo- i think we love to tell the stories of songs right like uh I remember I was listening to an interview and I don't even remember who wrote it or anything like that, but you know, that song that you hear occasionally says, hold on to me. I'm a little unsteady. Um, it, it, I don't know that. One. Oh, it was like top 40. It was on the radio all the time. And I can't remember who it was, but I remember I heard an interview and they, he just said, yeah, it was said to me. Like we were at a funeral and uh, my mm. mom f- said, hold on to me. Cause I'm a little unsteady. Cause I, I think it was his own father's funeral. But knowing that now, when I listen to the song, I'm like almost in tears, just know, just knowing where the story of the songs came from Uh, on another note, uh, similar, uh, you know, you know, Reliant K's song gibberish. 
stop talking gibberish or just stop talking. And then they say all these <laughs> gibberish words. Yeah. Well, like uh, I was, I was the youth pastor for a youth group and they had all kinds of theories about what that song meant and, and how, you know, what it's saying is this and it's saying, you know, and, and they, they were all philosophizing over it. And then we heard Reliant K talk about it and they were like, we were just having fun. We, it didn't mean yeah. anything. <laughs> like it was, That's funny. It was just gibberish. It was just gibberish. <laughs> it was really just gibberish. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, the meanings behind songs, I think, is why we sing at church, right? Like, because human beings sing. We sing about right. all kinds of things and we sing about what we're feeling. Taylor Swift writes a song, like some people tweet, you know, uh, about every day, everything that's happening. Uh, right. Yeah. Taylor Swift seems to be able to just write a song about, everything that happens which i think most of the hatred that goes toward her is is because she's so good at writing a hit song about you know every about feeling 22 yeah about everything you know and it is <laughs> somehow she she writes things that resonate with all kinds of people but right um, yeah you know and so yeah it's, and in it's that. interesting the different genre or the different groups of people that she does resonate with yeah some of them i wouldn't expect but um yeah, I think another thing that I think is really important when we talk about actually singing in church is that sometimes you can sing your way into a new way of being. And I think that's really important that, oh. that some days you kind of drag into church, you you feel like the world's kind of beaten up on you all week, or or you just feel like blah, and you don't really want to be there. And and that's why I think it's important for us to to make habits of these kind of things of yeah. of of showing up because because maybe something in a song just resonates with you. Maybe you experience the the mercy of God through some of the words, and maybe you don't really feel the you know bless the Lord oh my soul when you walk into the to the church. Not that we're singing that one a lot these days, but um, <laughs> no, but, no, but maybe you're just not feeling that. And then, uh, and then as you sing that, you begin to begin to say, "Yeah, oh, there is a lot to yeah. give thanks for. There's yeah, a lot there, to give praise for." Yeah, some it's a weird. That's kind of a weird thing because sometimes you walk in and everybody is. I remember being a kid, a teenager, and feeling like I was failing at christianity because right the joy of the lord was not always your strength yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know the joy of the lord is my strength and we're singing that and i'm thinking maybe by the end of this song it will be but then we get right. to the end of the song and i still did not feel like every day with jesus was sweeter than the day before you know right um and so i you know there's some struggle in that and there's this one i, I once heard it, it made me feel better to hear Stanley Hauerwas talk about church music. Yeah. Stanley Hauerwas said, you know, and he's got this real raspy voice and it's, and, uh, but he, and he sounded kind of like a grumpy old man when he said it, but, um, and maybe, you know, some might argue that Stanley Hauerwas is a grumpy old man, but right. I, I rather enjoy what he has to say. And even when it comes across as grumpy, but um, he said, uh, I think we do it wrong. We come to church and we sing about, um, uh, how good everything is with no lament and no confession. He right. said, so it's important. And I think, I think as of late, I've seen more songs that honor at least the truth of human existence where 
everything is not hunky dory. Everything is not fine and dandy. Uh, and there is this attempt to confess that even when things aren't going the way we want them to, that the Lord is still good. That Yeah. And, and I didn't mean that we just don't No, no I get our, what you're saying. Our now. human existence, but that the words of a song will meet us in a place that maybe the message won't sometimes the, the, uh, the words of a song will, will articulate our struggle, our pain, whatever it is. Uh, and then we'll leave there feeling like we have at least been able to name that stuff and, and feel better about um, where we are in life. Um, because we know that in the midst of it, God is with us. We're not alone in that. Um, I obviously think that conversation goes back to the every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before it goes back to the idea of, uh, when I, when I talk to my people about songs, I want to sing songs that resonate with people so that people can sing easily, that they will respond to, but also that say good things about God. And I, I think that's where, you know, the, sometimes some of our songs have, have said some things that that I'm not sure that scripture would, would even agree with. And so I'm pretty picky about certain wordings and sometimes we'll even change the words of a song. If we, we feel like it's, it's leading us down a path that would be like, if you follow that out logically, it doesn't make sense. Um, I, I remember I went, you know, there's, there used to be a lot of songs about heaven and about, you know, it, it was the kind of the whole idea was we just hold on till we get to heaven and didn't have a lot to say about this earthly life. And so I've tried to steer away from songs that that kind of make the Christian experience all about a mansion in heaven, because I, first of all, I don't really think that's what heaven's about. It's about dwelling with God versus what kind of place we're going to be dwelling in. And then, you know, I, I think there's a lot to live for right now. And we're called to be those who live the gospel and preach the gospel and um and live in the kingdom right now so so i i've you know we don't sing a lot of those songs they're just all about the future and not about what god's doing right now and sure uh, um, so, so yeah this yeah. this sense that uh, this is all bad we need to get out of here yeah uh, right. and, and, and for a time we wrote a lot of those songs right yeah um, but it, yeah it has a tendency over time to affect the church in a way that makes it seem like and affect theological perspectives that make it seem like this life doesn't matter. And so there, right. I would say uh, without, without suggesting that it's manipulative, I think everybody understands it. Part of the reason we sing at church is to express our theological perspectives. Oh um, yeah. For you know, sure. to say, yeah. hey, we think this is true and we're going to sing about it. Um, I think sometimes uh, for whatever reason, uh, there have been times in my life where I thought that I was singing to impress God or to, you know, <laughs> to uh, entice God to move in the direction I wanted God to move, you know. Yeah, uh, right. And, and so uh, I think over time, my my theological perspective on that is that. I'm not worshiping God for God's sake. I'm worshiping God for my sake. Cause it's important to me to be grateful for the things I have been given and right. grateful for yeah. the things that there are. Well, yeah. and that comes back to uh, what we talked about at the beginning when I was joking with you that I was mad at you. Um, I, I have a really strong feeling that 
that the singing that's done at church should be from the people that hiring in, you know, groups to do the singing for us. Like that's not, that's not anything I'll ever do at community. And right. so, you know, even when I made the joke about wanting to have your A, a game at, at Easter, um, that's really not what it's about. Like it's about who we have there on that day, being willing to yes. use whatever they've been given, uh, however much that is or however little. You know, if we only have a few people that are musically gifted that day that can help lead, then we give everything that we have um, to God as an offering of worship. So it's really about worshiping God. And it comes and arises from the people, um, not from some sense that we need to have, you know, this position filled and this position filled. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you definitely want, you, you may have to go out and look for someone to actually lead because you do have people that want to sing, but aren't capable of leading. So, so that might be something you do, but but if it means you have to strip down and do an acoustic thing with a guitar and one person singing and maybe somebody else on a cajon and and that's what music looks like on that day, then that's the, the music is about worshiping God. It's not about us creating some kind of environment. Um, and I think so many people think sometimes it is we have to have the right environment for worship to happen. But really, some of the most beautiful things I've seen have been when you know it's just some people and there's not a lot of pa and there's not a lot of you know uh, electronic media or whatever there's not there's not all the big sound and it's just like somebody playing a guitar and singing and then you can hear all the congregation singing on top of them yeah. and it's like yeah oh yeah this is what worship is about it's mm -hmm. singing is about uh giving praise to god it's about resonating uh, maybe with the songs the lyrics that we're singing it's about singing together and not one person dominating it's about mm -hmm. us our voices together becoming this choir and even if our voices aren't that good um it's not about the the performance of it as much as the act and participation um and i think sometimes it's it's hard to get past that uh, I think, you know, if you have musicians in your congregation, they're going to be more picky about what the music sounds like. And, and yet we need to kind of fight through some of that stuff and say, are people bringing the best of what they have yeah. to God right. through the music? I go in spurts with this because there'll be a season where I am concerned with the authenticity of it. Right. And then there are seasons where i'm concerned with the quality of it you know or the, yeah. the I, size and i get it. that because yeah. when somebody new walks into your church mm -hmm. you know if they're having to hold their ears because it's just so bad like oh it, that would be you, terrible you may not have them come back they right if not... it if it's painful if it's yeah. painful rather than joyful yeah um, you know because you're trying to do something that's outside of your your ability to do right um you know you know, and people will say, well, mate, we're supposed to make a joyful noise. Well, you know, we could argue that the children laughing and jumping and hollering and running around is a joyful noise, but we'd, we wouldn't argue that in the middle of a prayer service, right? <laughs> we'd say, oh, that was, well, it was still a joyful noise. What they were doing was a joyful noise, but sometimes it, it grates up against uh, the, 
the atmosphere in the room. And so there's kind of that, I mean, yeah, it, it's important uh, to understand that that authenticity of it matters. And that sometimes when it's just dialed way down and everything's very calm and easy, um, that, that, that can be as, as glorious as, you know, a seven piece band as loud as it can get and, and a light show to go with it. Um, I, th- I think though, I think all of those things have their, have their place. Uh, I, I certainly don't mind music at church being, I love part, music. being part of a celebration, right? And oh, it being, no. yeah. and it being blown out, right? Like, yeah, we're going to get up lights and we're going to, we're going to get a disco ball from the center, you know, or whatever. And we're going to do all of this show and, and so some people might look at that and go, well, that is unauthentic. Well, I don't know when there's celebration to be had, throwing yeah. a party is appropriate, yeah. you know? Right. So it, and, and I think, I don't well, think you're saying something different than that. And I Easter just, should be a celebration. Yeah. It uh, would be nice. It would be nice yeah. to have everybody singing at the top of their lungs, you know, and some, and I've heard a lot of commentary. Well, church music is not supposed to be a concert. Well, you know, uh, concerts exist because lots of people like to get together with a lot of other people and sing in unison. We do celebrate and celebrate. We do. We like that. That's a human thing. And to say that somehow that humanity is different when we are at church is a, is a hard sell for me. I'm not, I'm not interested in removing the humanity from church. Matter of fact, I'm more interested in acknowledging the humanity and the fact yeah. that God created us and then looked at us and said, this is good. Yeah, and I definitely think celebration's a big part of it. It's something I've had to learn because I, you know, I think I grew up in an era where it's funny. I, you know, I used to have a worship leader at a, a church I was at that would say, you know, you stand up and you yell at the football game and blah, 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 and then come to church. And, and uh, I was like, well... I mean, just to be honest, I was always told to sit down and shut up at church. So <laughs> it's really hard to just turn that switch at some point in history where yeah. where the, the worship leader is now calling on all of us to yell and yeah, scream yeah. and get excited. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I've had to learn over the years even how to celebrate in church because church was not a celebration when I was growing up. It was as a kid, it was like, you know, reverent, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be on your best behavior. Oh, but um, and so, yeah, the humanity because there was this idea that the spiritual was different from the humanity. And, and so regaining that idea that we are human beings worshiping God with all of our being Mm -hmm. um, has been a little bit of a challenge for me, to be honest, you know, when I first started out in ministry, I wouldn't say that I was very good at celebration, but I think people like you have helped me um, other people that I've, I've come in that they're more naturally inclined being married to Paula has helped because she loves a good celebration of any sort. Um, and so, you know, just, just growing in that, but, but I think the celebration once again, should come from the people of God with what you have, you bring the best of it. You have fun with it. You're not too serious about yourself that you right. can't say, okay, we're going to do the very best we have because we believe God deserves our best. Uh, but we're also going to have fun. We're going to worship God in truth and in spirit and in truth and and we're going to celebrate together yeah sometimes whatever that looks like yeah sometimes it feels like we have to sing these songs yeah right Right? and when if it feels that way yeah probably not being done well because 
we ought to feel like uh, we, we all want to be here. Um, even in our distress, we want to be here. This is better than being alone. Uh, right. Even though we might feel like being alone, it's better for us to be here. And it's better for us to sing praise to God and acknowledge God's goodness. This is, this is good for me. This is healthy for me. I, I remember when I was a kid, uh, we would have one of those, we'd be just, you know, heads down in the hymnals. This is before we had screens projecting, yeah. you know, the words up and everybody was looking at the paper hymnal that they had pulled out of the wooden box in the back of the pew in front of them. And, you know, those were some church sounds that I remember. If you played, yeah. them, if you played them on a radio, uh, on like a, a tape recorder, um, I would recognize immediately, oh, that's the sound of everybody taking out their hymnals yeah. and turning to page 304 or whatever it was. And, right. um, and I remember we'd be head down in the hymnal and we had an elderly, uh, retired, um, English teacher who had been a pastor, um, retired from ministry, became a school teacher, uh, then retired from teaching school and was now sort of an associate pastor to the pastor who was there. He just volunteered his time, um, and he would lead worship from time to time. And when he would, um, you know, I remember as a kid, I would think, oh, we're going to sing all the old hymns today, right? This is, there's be no choruses. Right. We're going to sing all the old hymns. And he would sing, you know, whatever song it was. And he would be singing Victory in Jesus or something like that. And he would get I, what I called getting blessed. And he would get yeah. blessed. And we'd all have our heads in the, in the hymnal. And then he would be singing in, and we were following his lead. And we had a pianist and she was following his lead. And then all of a sudden he'd go, <laughs> and he'd laugh yeah. at the top of his lungs. And it was so loud and it would scare us all. It would catch us all off guard. And, um, but there was just something that I learned from him about um, how important those words were to him, how important the memories that were attached to those words were for right. him. You know, cause I would ask mom, I'd be like, why did he, why does he do that? And she would say, well, because he's, you know, I guess maybe she taught me to the words he was getting blessed. Um, he yeah. was, he was remembering or he was right. celebrating and, um, the words on the page were more than he could bear. And it yeah. would, it would become this exuberant laughter. I tend to cry. Yeah. When instead I don't laugh. Yeah. I just cry. And then I'm just, if I'm leading, I'm just up there balling. Everybody knows just keep singing. Cause Nate's getting blessed, whatever you want to call it. Getting blessed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just because yeah, you feel so. overwhelmed. Like, so yeah. you just feel overwhelmed by what's going on. And, and yeah, hopefully at church, when we're singing and when we're inviting people, we're going to the, to the links of getting a band together and this music together and, and these words that we're all going to sing in unison and, and how to put them in everybody's hand or put them on a screen so that everybody can read them. We're going to these links so that we can participate in something bigger than ourselves. Um, that is true for each one of us, hopefully true. And, or that we're asking for it to be true or, you know, and so I know there's sometimes when I disagree with the way that the lyrics have been written and whether, you know, and I'm not, necessarily in charge of rewriting them but i just rewrite them for myself or i sing them in the right <laughs> if they need yeah. to be plural if they if i feel like they should be plural because a lot of times our worship songs are me 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 i i i me um, and jesus yeah, yeah and and i you know when you're the pastor you feel like this should be for everyone and everyone should be a part and it shouldn't and it should right. be something shared 
this is because I was singing the goodness of God, right? Uh, you know, that right. song, the goodness of God uh-huh. we visited yeah. with you guys a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh-huh. And uh, you sang the goodness of God. And then I came home uh, and this week, my worship leader um, chose that song uh, to sing uh, the goodness of God. And I, I have been singing it out of school or out of church uh, for the last two weeks. I just catch myself. I'll be whistling and I'll go, what am I whistling? Right. And then I realize it's that song. Uh, your goodness is, uh, it's chasing after me or something of that. I can't yeah, running after me yeah. is running after me. Um, and I've been thinking about the goodness of God and all my life, you have been so, so good, you know, uh, I, and the Lord has been good to me, but the way that I knew that the way that I knew God was good to me was because of the body of Christ. It right. wasn't because the song, the song was putting words to something I was experiencing. Yeah. And I thought, why do we keep doing this church thing? And we keep doing this church thing because in the body of Christ, uh, we find the community that we need. My kids think that, that God is good because they've, exp- and I haven't asked them this per se, but um, they would, I think they would be okay with this. Um, I know Maggie would, she said it more than once. I know Jonah would, um, that the goodness of God is experienced in the life of the community. Yeah, for I, sure. I know that God, I, I, I would answer that. I believe that God is good because the people of God have been good to me. Right. Yeah. I tell my church that all the time. I believe the reason why my kids love the church is because of you. Yeah. Because like, they grew up here uh-huh. 12 you, years ago. You love them. Fourth and fifth well. grade. Yeah. yeah. When you love them, you love them in Jesus name. And they believe that Jesus loves them because you love them. Right. That's, yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's an incredible thing. And to be able to share that with a, with a body of believers and to sing about the truth of that together in unison where everybody's singing along and, you know, there's, we need a downbeat and we need a melody. Um, <laughs> you know, we need that help because if we all just say, Hey, we're going to sing a song, but we didn't have those things. Uh, everybody in the room would have to know the song really well in order to accomplish it. Right. But if you can put the words on a screen uh, and you can, you know, and you can set the, the mood a little bit. You turn off, you dim the lights just a little bit so that everybody doesn't feel like they're standing in the spotlight. So they feel a little less and you turn up the volume on the guitar a little bit so that it can drown out some of the off key singing so that even the people who don't feel like they have a good voice can feel free to sing loud. You know, right. and I, I love it when it gets really loud because you know, David Crowder used to, he used to capo up everything. He'd make everything yeah. oh, in yeah. a higher key. And they asked him why he did that. And he said, well, because if you want to sing a higher note, you have to sing louder to get it. And you have to produce more right. air to make that happen. And, and without having to ask them to sing louder, I just kind of force them to sing louder, they you know, sing and, louder. Yeah. and they sing That's louder good. and yeah. it, and when they sing louder, it covers up all of the, you know, the little details that we tend to worry about. And then it just sounds more like a celebration. Uh, yeah, I, had a, I had a friend who used to say, uh, this is back at when I was attending Southern Nazarene University and he, he was in the religion department and he would say, um, it feels like uh, when we sing, it's just us joining the continuing reverberation of the words of God when he spoke this thing into existence. Uh, That's good. And I, I just, I mean, that stuck with me. That just seemed to ring true. And at the time, um, 
you know, Maggie was, uh, Shelly was pregnant with Maggie. And I had decided that when Maggie, as she was growing up, I was going to read the Chronicles of Narnia to her. Um, right. And so every time we would get to that scene uh, in the in the wood between the worlds, uh, oh, yeah. where, where it was being where they ended up in this blank slate, you know, nothing was there. And then all of a sudden Narnia was being created. And this great lion, Aslan, was singing it, singing it yeah. into existence. Yeah. Um, I. I would Love have a hard scene. time. I'd just be in tears as I was right. reading this, this children's story to my, to my daughter, to my, to my sons later. Um, I would be in tears. And still, if I read it today, those paragraphs, they just evoke something out from me because it reminds me that we're, this is our joining of the ongoing reverberations of a world created by the voice of God, by the word of God. Yeah, that's, and that we kind of join the choir of people from yeah, such a great history. cloud of witnesses. Yeah, yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah, that might be a good place to end today. So, when you're singing at church, you're not just singing with the people you're with. You're singing with the saints from all the way back to creation. The, those yeah. who have sung the songs, and yeah. and that includes the psalms and all that. Um, and, and moving on forward and there will be people who sing after we're gone yeah so yeah that's good hey man thanks for joining me today it was fun absolutely enjoyed yeah, it yeah love you and uh, i you. do wish you a happy easter in a couple <laughs> weeks you. here Thank i'm you. thankful i i'm so spoiled by getting to see our kids that i i need to be more generous for sure well we're i know you guys will have a great weekend we are excited we're gonna yeah. be on the porch because our school district closes down all their facilities. Oh, yeah. So we're going to be well, outside for worship. That'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, it'll be a good time. It'll be, it'll good. be some life there. Yes. Especially yes. with spring arriving and we'll all the see things you're talking about. If the birds don't join us. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. in the singing of, of the worship music. So, so long as we don't allow those, the rocks to cry out in our place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. And thanks again for getting together. It was good. Absolutely. Love you. Take care. Love you too. See you. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.